Robert Dahl, and welcome to the Hip Hop in the After Hours podcast. Hey y'all, what's good? It's your girl Platinum B, and welcome to another episode of Hip Hop in the After Hours. First off, I just wanted to thank each and every one of you, and I mean each and every one of you for tuning in to only podcast episodes, for listening and, and, and sharing and subscribing and everything else. Um, I appreciate every single one of you. Please keep sharing it and getting other people to subscribe. I I appreciate it all. It's late at night. Everybody's asleep and I'm the only one awake. Like always. Which is cool. I like nights, honestly. Um, Before we get to the episode, I want to talk about something important. It's October of 2020. And every October is Blindness Awareness Month. And if you don't know me, like, personally, you don't know that I'm totally blind. And I was born blind. So, I say that because, again, this is Blindness Awareness Month. And I also want to let you guys know that I do record my own podcasts. I edit them, and I post them up on my own. Same with my YouTube videos. I record my own videos, edit them, and post them up on my own. I taught myself how to do audio production, music production, recording. And I say that just to say this. To all you employers out there, please... Please, give blind people a chance and let them move up. I get that we have to start somewhere. And if that's at a desk or whatever. But please don't make us sit there all our lives. Because, I mean, listen to what I just told you. I taught myself how to do all that. Nobody taught me. Nobody does it for me or did it for me. I taught myself how to do all this. And... I'm saying this to say blind people could do a lot more than you guys realize. And I mean a lot more. Like, we're not there to just greet people and and sit at the desk all day and answer phones and greet people. We can do so much more. I mean, a lot of us went to college and graduated high school and graduated college. And I get that blind people will take these jobs because, I mean, obviously, you got to pay your bills somehow. But don't just give us a chance. Especially, you know, with me, I learn music so fast. I'm very fast when it comes to music. And I learn very quickly. And I can do way, me personally, I can do way more than just sit at a desk all day and answer phones and greet people. I uh, just wanted to let you guys know that. Just give us a chance. And um, also, October 15th is White Cane Safety Day every year. And in case you don't know what a cane is, basically, it's what you guys call the stick. The thing that everyone's using and tapping. 
that you see people using tapping. That's called a cane. A white cane. That's what it is. People just call it a cane. But there's all kinds of them. Folding, telescopic, straight cane. So, no need to stare. No need to <laughs> grab it. I mean, get, don't get me wrong. I appreciate the help. I do. And I'm pretty sure a lot of us do. But it kind of feels awkward when people just randomly grab your cane and guide you with it without even saying anything or asking you if you need help. That's not even what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you're, you're, um, from what I've been taught, I don't think you're supposed to grab the cane in general because what the cane is, is basically it's your eyes as a blind person because we don't have, we have eyes, but they don't work. I mean, I don't see nothing. So what basically what my cane is doing is as I'm tapping it left and right, I'm either listening for sounds or if I'm dragging it, I'm feeling textures on the ground. And when I'm tapping it, I'm tapping it left and right or dragging, like I said, to fill for objects. So, like, let's say you're walking on a sidewalk or in a, in a class, you're at a school and you're walking and all of a sudden there's this random cart or table in the way, I don't know, giving away flyers or pamphlets or something, right? Well, I'm not going to know that. I can't see it. So when I'm using my cane and I'm tapping it or dragging it, whatever, you know, technique I'm doing with it, my cane's kind of going to fly in the desk before I bump into it or bump into a tree or, or fall in a hole that somebody dug up or something or, or fall off a curb, right? That's what my cane's for. It'll detect it so that way I know, oh, there's a desk there. Go around it. Find another way around it. So, that's basically what a cane uh, is and does. Helps you get around safely. <laughs> so, if you guys do want to ask for help, like, if you guys want to ask us if we need help as blind people, I mean, I don't really always, a lot of times, I don't know when people are talking to me. So, you know, a tap and a tap would be nice and they'd say, hey, do you need help with whatever, you know, and if, I'll say whether I do or I don't, but, you know, that, that would be a more, um, better way to do it than just grabbing the cane and feeling, making me, just me personally feel awkward, so, yeah, basically that's what a cane is, Blindness Awareness Month, again, please, 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 employers, we could do so much more than just sit at a desk all day. I mean, some people may not mind it. But some people work hard in college and in school for these degrees and shouldn't let them go to waste and sit at a desk all day answering calls or your emails. You know, for me personally, I'm into music and audio production and all that, obviously. This is how I got, this is how I'm getting started my podcast. This is my way in and... I can't see myself doing anything else but music. Especially with my sleep schedule all messed up. Um, That's another topic for another day. 
But I, I just thought I would put this in this podcast. Just just to throw some awareness out there. Maybe to teach somebody. But today's episode, I asked my mom for some suggestions and ideas for podcasts. And she gave me some good good ideas. I thought I'd roll with it. Um, last week's episode really seemed to get... I got a lot of great feedback on last week's episode about the unsolved hip-hop murder mysteries. So, I thought I would take one of my mom's ideas, maybe a couple of them, put them all into one episode podcast. And I thought we would discuss the East Coast-West Coast War of hip-hop and Tupac's death. So let's get into it. So again, I'm only 27. So a lot of you who are older probably lived through the whole East Coast, West Coast hip-hop war. But let's not get it twisted. Let me keep it real with y'all. I love old school hip-hop. At least 90s all the way to now. 90s for some reason... All the way to now, I just keep it real. So I've done my research. I've heard interviews. I've done all that. So I know what I'm talking about. But again, for those of you who actually lived it, you'll probably have seen a lot more and remember a lot more. This is my take on it, though. From what I've heard, watched movies and and, and TV episodes on and all that. Um. So... Let's just do a refresher. The East Coast West Coast Hip Hop War basically started in nineteen ninety four because Tupac was at Quad Studios in New York. Basically that's where Bad Boy and Diddy and Biggie and them that's where they were at that time. That's where they were actually in that building. So to I think Tupac was there to do something. And all of a sudden he gets shot up. And let's go back for a minute here, before before all this, right? Tupac and Biggie were friends at one point. Because I remember Tupac um, saying that Biggie was actually part of his group Thug Life at one, for a little bit at one point, before he got signed to Bad Boy. With Diddy and them. So they were actually friends for a little bit. Right? So now let's go back. Tupac gets shot up. In Quad Studios, where Diddy, Puffy, and all the bad boy are. Now, think about it. You're gonna get shot, so you're gonna be disoriented. And freaked out. This is a place where one of your friends is. You don't know what else to think. You're gonna get paranoid. And you're gonna think, they did it. They shot me. Biggie shot me. Right? I can understand that. I can definitely understand his point of view. But Biggie did come out and arrest the woman. They did say they didn't shoot. And they've said it multiple times. And I've seen it in the movies and stuff. But then here comes a track from Biggie called Who Shot You? And everyone kept saying it was a diss track toward Tupac, pretty much taunting him. But again, Biggie came out and said that that song was recorded before that incident had even happened. But Tupac was so 
angry and, and frustrated at that point. He didn't care. He 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 just said it was them. He said it was all them. So basically he had beef with Biggie and Bad Boy. And the media definitely had something to do with the whole East Coast West Coast war. Now, Tupac had gotten um, locked up and put in jail for a while for sexual assault or something like that. And he had been locked up for a long time. And Suge Knight had a death roll on the West Coast. And he had Snoop and all of them, right? Well... During the time that Tupac was locked up, he had me against the world drop while he was in jail, and that album went number one. A lot of songs were on there dissing Bad Boy. Tupac, even before he went to jail, like, anytime he had a song that he was putting out, like, he had hit him up was probably, in my opinion, one of the best diss songs of all time. I mean, even though it said a lot of crazy shit in that song, and I mean crazy, like some of it may have crossed the line. Maybe it's just because of the way today is, so yeah, that's why I'm thinking about that, but that's a whole other topic for another day about diss tracks and stuff, but to me, that was one of the best diss tracks of all time. And that song comes out, puts more fuel to fire, and then Tupac says more things in interviews about Bad Boy and all this stuff, right? Well, Tupac, and then, and not only that, but he has other songs, like Bomb First, which is one of my other favorite songs by Tupac. I love that song, right? And he's dissing Bad Boy and all kinds of stuff. He even had, like, the whole music video, like, geared toward dissing them. So, you know, when Tupac was in jail... He had finally got bailed out. I forgot what the whole... I forgot, I forgot how much uh, Suge Knight had paid. But he had paid a lot of money to get Tupac out of jail. And this dude, Suge Knight, from what I heard on interviews and, and other things, was a very powerful dude. Like, people did... People were scared of him. And he was a big dude, so let's get that part too. Right? So, Tupac's finally out of jail. He signed a death roll. This is where the East Coast, West Coast war really gets hyped up. Because, not only that, but I remember reading somewhere that I think, yeah, it was Snoop and the Dog Pound were doing a music video in New York. And someone had shot up their music video. Again, these are West Coast rappers in New York. And their video gets shot up in New York. 
Um, wouldn't you think that was someone trying to say, get the hell out of New York? Because you're from the West Coast? I mean, I have to put that in there because that is part of the East Coast-West Coast War. So, Tupac's out of jail. He starts making more music. And I mean more music. But this is where the media starts. I mean, they've always been reporting on it. But this is where they really hype it up. All kinds of shit said. I mean, who knows if... They're, like, I don't know if they could have done it in the 90s, if they could uh, switch words up like like they, like they do now with the media. But things were said, rumors were said, so you don't know what was facts or what was rumors. And then Tupac did say all kinds of crazy shit, right? So the media hypes it up. They're reporting it every day. I mean, non-stop. And let's let's just... We have to put this in there, guys. Let's keep it real. The media influences people. So, you have... The media hyping it up. The fans are going to take sides. So then we have the whole fans on the East Coast taking the bad boy side. And other rappers from there. Then you have the whole West Coast and the fans taking death row side and the you know, so fans are starting to beef and all kinds of shit's going on. And then, of course, you have the entourages of both groups or, or other rappers in the East Coast and West Coast that just make it even worse. So, I think if the media didn't hype it up like they did, I think this wouldn't have been as bad as it was. And I have, again, I have my own theories for Tupac. We're going to get into that in a second. But, I, I I do remember, like, Angie Martinez at one point, I remember her saying in interviews, if you don't know who she is, she was, she's a really famous hip-hop DJ. Um, she was on Hot 97, and now she's on Power 1051. But she's a really famous hip-hop DJ. So she's been around. Seen all of this. And basically Tupac wanted her to interview him. Because he wanted to get some stuff off his chest. And say his side of the story. And I remember her saying in interviews that a lot of people were not for her doing that. They didn't want her to go over there. They didn't want her to interview him. They thought a lot of things. They just, they, they they wanted to stay loyal to the East Coast, but she wanted to get both sides. So, Angie took the decision to go to Cali and, be, and, and interview Tupac. And from what I remember reading in her book, because she does have a book out, um... She was there for hours, being inter- interviewing him and asking him questions. And he was saying all kinds of shit about Bad Boy and and stuff. But he was also saying his side, too. That it really wasn't all what the media is portraying it to be and, and all this. You know, and so there was a lot of shit talking as well. 
And Angie, when she got back to New York, she didn't know how, at first, she didn't know how to edit the, the, the audio because there was so much in there that she wanted to put. But then she didn't want to make Tupac look bad either because he talked a lot of shit. So she finally edited it to the final product and, you know, that came out. And I think she did call, I think she just called Tupac or, or something and told him, you know, sorry I didn't include every single thing you said. And he didn't have any issues with her. And he said, you know, whatever she put in the interview was perfectly fine. So there's that. And I remember hearing um, a song, Is It Live to Die by Tupac? Where him and Biggie were both on that song. It's probably later on. Before Tupac had even gotten killed. And Biggie too. And they were trying to be cool. So I think. Maybe if they were still alive. Either they could have ended the war. By ending their beef. Or maybe it just didn't have to get out of hand. Because that's what it was. The media really made it go out of hand. They hyped it up way too much. And entourages did too. I mean, I guess loyalty comes in play. Because you want to stay loyal to your people. So people are loyal on the West Coast. People are loyal on the East Coast. They stick with their crews. So if somebody talks shit in that crew, they're all going to agree. And they're all going to stick up for that one person. But I think if they were both alive now, things would be different. I think the hip, the East Coast, West Coast war was way too hyped up. And it shouldn't have been. Because there was only issues between two people. You know, and maybe, like, Tupac got killed... In Las Vegas, September 7th, 1996. Right? Never one thought... Either Biggie killed him, or Diddy, or whoever else, right? They thought there was somebody from the East Coast. But Tupac had attacked somebody um, named Orlando Anderson. And maybe he was trying to get revenge. Again, we're going to speak about that in a minute. But... Tupac got killed in 1996. Not too long after. March of 1997. That's not long. And that's when Biggie gets killed. And you know where Biggie gets killed? L.A. Los Angeles. Because Biggie was trying... To show peace. He's trying to show everybody that it's okay to go to the West Coast. There's really no war. He was there to, to promote his album and have a party because of the album release. And then he gets killed. And we're in 2020 and we still have no idea who killed him. That's pretty fucked up. So, my take 
I think the East Coast West Coast war wasn't muted. It was too hyped up. It's just between only two people that really could have resolved it. And I, I think they did try to resolve it before, you know, everything had happened. Oh. I mean, it is what it is. It's history and hip-hop. And it's complicated. I mean, y'all might have your own ideas about the whole East Coast, West Coast war. But I think it was too hyped up. And when things are hyped up, especially the media, then the fans are going to take sides. And trust me, I know because it wasn't a whole war, but it was a whole different um, thing that happened with Wayne. And of course, you know, we took sides. Now, luck, luckily, nothing bad happened. People didn't die, but still, it was too hyped up. So, that's my take on the East Coast-West Coast War. Now, as far as Tupac goes, again, going to my last episode, I really have my own theories about Tupac. So, you guys know, if you listen to Tupac, you give hip-hop chat, right, and listen to Tupac, here's music. Brenda's got a baby. Changes. Mm. All kinds of other things, right? He talks about reality. His reality. The hood. Police brutality. All this bullshit that's, that was, that's, going, that's, that's going on now. Right? But let's go back. Tupac is a son... Of two Black Panthers. His parents were Black Panthers. And his mom went to jail while she was pregnant with him. So, the government didn't want them to have a voice. And I think that's the same with Tupac. Because Tupac was so powerful. He was so real. He was so out there. He had such a loud voice. People listened. People were listening to Tupac. And the system, the government, the police, the racists. People like that. They don't like people who are different. This is what I was trying to say. I didn't know how to exactly word it. Last time. But this is how I'm going to say it. It doesn't matter if you're disabled lying, you look different, uh, your race, if you're different, they don't want to see you come up. They don't want to see you in power. That's what I feel like. And based on my own experiences and seeing other people. They don't want people who have a voice that's different in power. That's why they killed Tupac. I feel like they killed Tupac. It was either a police a racist, or the government set him up. Because he has such a powerful voice. And and, and again, Tupac's music, if you listen to Changes, or, or Brenda's Got a Baby, or Keep Your Head Up, or anything else, a lot of other songs I can name. If you listen to it, 
That stuff was made in the 90s, y'all. It's 2020, and if you listen to it, all the shit that's going on now, that's that's still relevant. His music is still so relevant to what's going on right now. Tupac's music and him himself, he was ahead of his time. And I don't think they liked that. He was different. He was loud. He was powerful. And they didn't want them. They didn't want Tupac to have that power. Because they knew if he did, he would change shit. And honestly, I think if he was still alive, things would be changed. I think it would be better. For everybody. And, um... It's 2020, y'all. Tupac and Biggie got killed in 1996. I feel like the police... just Again, this is my opinion... My theory, and the government, and the whole system in general, like, I feel like they looked and tried to look for Tupac's killers for a couple months, and then they stopped. I feel like they don't give a damn. They don't care who who killed Tupac. Again, because he was so powerful, he had that voice, and he could have made more change if he was still here. So, I, that's what I feel like. If you're different, and it doesn't matter if you're if it's your race, your disability, your voice, your whatever. If you're different in any way, they don't want to see you come up. They don't want to see you have power. That's just how I feel, anyway. That's just what I've noticed, and that's how I see see it with Tupac because he was that. He was all of that. So. That's my theories on Tupac, and it's all complicated. I mean, we could talk about the East Coast, West Coast War, and Tupac's death theories. I mean, forever. There's so many things we can talk about, and um, it's just sad. It's frustrating. I mean, I didn't grow up I didn't get to see you know all of that but I'm seeing stuff now and I really think if Tupac were here he would have changed a lot of stuff maybe a lot lot of this stuff wouldn't even be happening and it's just fucked up how the world is. Maybe one day he'll be found, his clothes will be found. Whether it was a street murder or the government or the police or racist or whatever. Whatever the case is. I mean, if it's a street, maybe somebody already, um, you know, did the job, but either way, It's just so complicated. So frustrating. But I hope that one day people who are different, whether it's race or disability or or whatever the case is, being different 
Everybody's different in their own way. Everybody. And I mean everybody. And I hope that one day we could see somebody different in power. Somebody who has a disability. Somebody who is a different race. Whatever the case is. Because we have voices too. And we shouldn't be shut out for for being different. So, with that said, that's my theories on the East Coast-West Coast War and Tupac's death. Um, I don't know. Let me know what y'all think. What do you think about his theories? I know you guys have your own. Everybody has their own theories. But, um, I'm Platinum B, and this is another episode of Hip Hop in the After Hours. Everybody have a great week and a great weekend, and I will see you next time. Peace.